Welcome to a special bonus episode of the Human Hope Podcast. I got a rhyme now. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. Hey! Hey, a little special thanks there to former Christian rapper Rory McManus for, finally, I had a podcast listener that was a rapper. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. I mean, it's so good. Rory was listening to the podcast last week, and he just DM'd me. He said, hey, hashtag men, women, and children, hope is in the building for your podcast beat drop. And so I actually said, oh, okay, can you... um." Can you do that for me? Like, so I'm going to, I'm going to play it for you. Hang on. I'm going to do it again. Men, women, and children. Hope is in the building. That's it. That is it. So listen here. I'm going to fade this out. Dr. Delight. Thank you for the beat. Dr. Delight is out. But listen to, uh, listen to Rory and his, his, his little rap here, guys. Here it is. Men, women, and children. Hope is in the building. Bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Hey, th- there it is, Rory. Rory has completed my journey to uh, Christian Raptum. Let's do it again. Hey, hey. Oh, I'm so excited. Y'all do it with me. Ready? Here we go. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. Oh my gosh, I can't stop. What if we? What, what if we just did an entire podcast of that? I just repeated that over and over. Welcome to. The June 19th bonus episode of the Human Hope Podcast. This is, this is, you guys are probably like, wait, why is, why is there another episode showing up on my podcast feed? Because Carlos Enrique Wittiguel Guzman and Chipotle loves you, first of all. And I thought, you know what? It's been a hot minute. It's been a hot minute since we have addressed any sort of conversations on race. And well, since it's not just June 19th, for many Black Americans, it's Juneteenth. Juneteenth. And the way we're going to approach this conversation today, it's just going to be me. And I, I don't know, this could last 10 minutes. It could be, th- I, I mean, you already know how long it lasts because you can look at your little timer on the little podcast app that you've got. I don't know how long I'm going to talk. But what I wanted to do is give a proper, a proper just build a, a proper conversation around Juneteenth and knowing that not everybody loves this as a federal holiday. Not everybody. I'm assuming the majority of my listeners are probably not heading to their Juneteenth picnics with their friends. Although the black aunties texted me like right now, like as of today, I'm actually in Charlotte, Tennessee, recording this podcast. And Corinne, one of the black aunties texted me, Juneteenth party is this Saturday, 5 p.m. 66 people are expected, including kids. Tell us what you're bringing on the Google Sheet. And can I tell you, when I click that Google Sheet, it is filled with the epicness of what you would imagine that a majority black picnic on Juneteenth, actually on Saturday before Juneteenth, would entail, right? So Juneteenth is a thing. It's been celebrated way longer than the American political system has hijacked it. This isn't something that was created by any political party to sow division or to make white people feel bad, okay? Juneteenth is something that has been celebrated every year, every single year 
since 1866, every single year, by black Americans in the country. Now, oh man, I got a lot. I got a lot. How do we want to start this? I, so I, I guess what, I, what I'm trying to do, I'm trying to lay the groundwork for if you were even remotely interested in like what the true meaning of Juneteenth is. And honestly, like if you want to depoliticize Juneteenth, this is the conversation for you. Okay. I don't care if you're a Republican. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're moderate. I don't care where you fall along the lines. I need to let you know that people are going to want to sow division and hate on both sides of this conversation of Juneteenth. Okay. And I don't want you to fall for it. I don't. So let's start with just the, the, the obvious history of Juneteenth and understanding that June 19th, 1865 was the moment that the final, the final community of enslaved blacks in America were told and were given their true freedom. Okay. Slavery did not end with the Emancipation Proclamation. And a lot of people are like, well, Carlos, like, how? I mean, if we're going to celebrate, I, 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 in the research for this, found a lot of tweets where people are like, well, if we're going to celebrate, tr- if we're truly trying to celebrate the end, the abolition of slavery, then we need to be celebrating. Why, why don't we do January 1st? Why don't we do January 18, like celebrate January 1863 when the signing of the Emancipation Proclamation happened? Well, can I tell you why? Because that's not when slaves were free. <laughs> okay? Literally. That's not when slaves were free. Let's keep unpacking it, okay? When President Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation in January of 1863, the Northerners, they, they welcomed the proclamation, right? While Southern black slave owners ignored it. So ending slavery would actually, that was January, remember, 1863. It would actually take a constitutional amendment passed in 1865, Then Robert E. Lee surrendered in April of 1865, right? That was the, like, when he finally surrendered. And so, you know, the Union Army were the the ones that were actually taking the news to the most remote corners of the Confederacy, because that's what had to happen. The proclamation didn't make it to Texas, okay, one of the last parts of the Confederacy, until June of 1865, And so, truth be told, the proclamation didn't have the power to free anybody. So, I I think that's the first thing we need to understand is like, the Emancipation Proclamation, like, proclaiming something doesn't give anybody freedom. There has to be action behind the proclamation. And the action had to have been done by Union soldiers, because if there were still all these territories controlled by the Confederacy. So, President Lincoln... And the Emancipation Proclamation, although a amazing, very important step in giving Black Americans and African Americans freedom, that wasn't what what gave them the freedom, right? The proclamation didn't have the power to free anybody. It obviously only applied to enslaved people in the Confederacy and could only be enforced if and when Union troops had captured a territory in the South. So... Here's the kicker. I need everybody to understand. And I think this is what this is doing. I'm just trying to build the case for why Juneteenth is really important as opposed to celebrating the Emancipation Proclamation. Because the the, the proclamation, once it was signed, 
actually only about 500,000 enslaved men and women actually got their freedom from the Emancipation Proclamation. Why is that? Well, because that's how many enslaved men and women were now in union-controlled regions of the country. So let's do the math. There were actually 3.9 million enslaved African Americans. 3.9 million enslaved African Americans. The Emancipation Proclamation is signed, and 500,000 of them are free. Well, let's do the math. That leaves 3.4 million enslaved African Americans, still after the Emancipation Proclamation was signed. Who knew we'd be getting a little history from Carlos Enrique with the Guzman and Chibuca Verde? I did, because I, I, I did the math. Okay, so now we got 3.4 million African Americans that are enslaved after the Emancipation Proclamation. So slowly but surely, the Union troops are going region by region and taking over these territories. And by June 19th, 1865, there were some 2,000 Union troops. Okay, no, the math here. June 19th, 1865, the Emancipation Proclamation was signed January 1863. So this is two and a half years later. Some 2,000 troops arrive in Galveston Bay, Texas, and the army announced that more than 250,000 enslaved black people in the state were free by executive decree. This day came to be known as Juneteenth by the newly freed people in Texas. Friends, I have a problem. The problem is my nose. Not, not the shape of my nose, but the fact that it works too well. I can smell things a mile away, good or bad. So thank God I found a brand new candle that I love from this incredible company called Notes Candles. Now listen, Notes has created a scent called Santel and Atlas Cedar that I burn every single day. It literally smells like I'm walking through a magical forest in New Zealand or something. I don't know why it's in New Zealand, but it smells like that. It smells so good. And here's the thing. Notes is actually solving another problem besides making my nose feel like it's in a good mood. They're solving the problem that the candle industry has that almost 2 billion candles are sold globally each year and almost all of them are likely to end up in landfills. So, Notes has created a refillable candle system that allows you to use your candle vessel again and again and again. So you don't become part of the problem. They've got incredible scents. Some of them are oat and balsam berry, vanilla and pepperwood, pistachio and rosewater. So many. So this is what I want you to do. Be a responsible consumer while not giving up high quality home fragrance by making the switch to Notes. You can build your custom starter kit right now at Notes candle.com slash Carlos. Right now, Notes is giving listeners 15% off and free shipping when you buy a Notes starter kit using code Carlos. Just use code Carlos when placing your order. That's code Carlos at notescandle.com slash Carlos. And what, I, what I'd love to do right now is actually read you the general order that General Gordon Granger personally delivered uh, to them. It was general order number three. And uh, let's, let me read this right after we listen to this. 
This world is one great battlefield with forces all array. If in my heart I do not yield, I'll overcome someday. If in my heart I do not yield, I'll overcome someday. The people are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves, and the connection heretofore existing between them become that between employer and hired labor. The freed are advised to remain at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. That song, powerful. And I, I, I just, I feel like the reality of this moment was so shocking for so many of them, right? And, you know, I, I you know, I, I'm not of the opinion that the black community and the enslaved population in Texas didn't know about the Emancipation Proclamation. Like some people like to say like, yeah, like, you know, they finally found out, no, listen, the, the black grapevine be something that's real. And there's no way they didn't know. But they still weren't free because if they tried to run, they'd get killed. So just because you know that legally you are free from something doesn't mean that your reality that you exist in means that you're free. Right? I mean, that, that, that can, we can talk about that but with a thousand other things. Just because somebody is like legally granted something doesn't mean that they find the freedom because of that granting legally of them, of what it was. And same thing happened here. I mean, like the most radical thing that happened in a period following all of that was the ratification of the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments and the Reconstruction Acts. I mean, here's the kicker, right? So we've got this 1865, June 19th. And I need, I need you to listen to this next stat here. That was 1865, June 19th. In the summer of 1867, because they were finally, you know, given their freedom by the Union Army, 80% of all eligible black men who were formerly enslaved in the South, 80% registered to vote. And in 1868, they actually voted. I mean... That is what freedom looks like. So I, I guess what, I, what, what we need to lean into is Juneteenth was taken by the locals in Texas and they started selling, celebrating it in 1866. It was one of the most, it, it was honestly one of the first holidays, not really honestly, was one of the first holidays that black people created on their own 
And, you know, of all the holidays that they created during slavery, which there were more, Juneteenth is the one that survived. So I guess, I mean, I feel like it's been laid out pretty clearly why Juneteenth is an important holiday for all of us to celebrate, because it was the moment that freedom finally happened. Finally. After two and a half years, it finally happened. And there are people that that really want to, you know, they, they want to they take Juneteenth and they want to politicize it, right? I, I need... I need us to know that just because, you know, racism and racial reconciliation and all of the things that were so hotly talked about in 2020 aren't being talked about right now doesn't mean that it's better. Some things are, but it doesn't mean that it's gone. You know, things are still in need of focus when it comes to these conversations. So Juneteenth really marks our country's second Independence Day, and it's been long celebrated in the African-American community the monumental event honestly still remains largely unknown to most Americans. And I love it. It's got a legacy, right? So it's the value of never giving up hope in uncertain times. Now, not everybody loves it. It's, it's become politicized. One political commentator who will remain nameless says, the premise behind Juneteenth argues that 1776 is flawed and insufficient. Actually, no. Without 1776, there would be no Juneteenth. 1776 was a great day for a lot of people in America, but not for black people. Sorry, I'll keep one. It ignores nine out of 13 colonies that already abolished slavery by the time the 1787 Constitution. It ignores the brilliance of the founders. Don't fall for it. Now, let me let me just go ahead and tell you, like, this this tweet was written by a white political male commentator. And you know, the thing that actually bothers me is like, you can click, it's a tweet. You can click on like likes to see who liked that tweet. And I know some people, <laughs> so I'm like, oh my gosh, I got, I got to shoot it. I, I got to shoot this podcast to a couple people. It does. The premise behind Juneteenth does not argue that 1776 is flawed. There's no argument. 1776 was flawed for a lot of people in America. And that doesn't make July 4th any less of a holiday to celebrate. I love celebrating July 4th. I go ham on July 4th. But I think this is just as important to celebrate as well. I, let's, um, I think I actually have this political commentator. And we are going to listen to his, uh, just a little bit of a rant. Because I think, it's, I, I think it is important for me to listen to people that don't agree with me. And this would be a person, again, that I'm not going to uh, name, but let's just, let's just listen to him. So last year, we came out pretty, let's just say publicly, against the idea of making Juneteenth a federal holiday. And it's rather clever by the left, you have to admit. Juneteenth, as it is properly understood, of course, is something worthy of appreciation. Uh, uh, okay. Of course, is something worthy of appreciation. Like, are you get? <sighs> This is not, this is me, again, I don't care if this person is on the left or the right, the north or the south, the up or the down. This is just very, this is why I'm, I am making this podcast. So that if you are, if you are being discipled or if you are learning things from people that think that Juneteenth is a left, a liberal thing, it's not. It's been around since 
1866. Okay, sorry. The day the news of emancipation reached Texas, and that news started to spread. That is not at all what's going on here. Let's stop being naive. Let's stop looking at things as they tell them as they are and really what's going on here. What's really going on here is a BLM holiday to try to focus on alleged systemic racism to resurrect a propaganda campaign to try and focus on racial differences and to try and have a point of reference right before July 4th, by the way, intentionally summertime holiday, to have the worst people you could imagine. Okay, okay, I, I can't, I can't listen anymore. <laughs> a couple things quickly again, because I know, I know that some of you may be consuming this content and may think, oh, I mean this this guy's a uh, a wordsmith, like he's very eloquent in what he's saying. This is not a BLM holiday. It has been celebrated. It's been, I mean, 10 years ago. 10 years ago, I went to a, a Juneteenth picnic. Like, this is not a BLM holiday. It is, and for some, for people to take this and to try again to weaponize it, it's just, just miss me with that stuff, please. So it's not a BLM holiday and it's not, this holiday has nothing to do with making white people feel bad at all. If you feel bad, ask yourself why, why in the world would, would you feel bad about, about black people celebrating when finally the last of the slaves were freed? Why does it, why would that make you feel bad? Does it make you feel bad? Why? It shouldn't. You should be able to celebrate with your black brothers and sisters that this was an incredible day in the history of the United States of America. And to, and to say that, oh, it's right before July 4th. Well, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be the day that the 2000 soldiers marched into Galveston Bay, Texas. It's not like we're, 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 just, we're just picking that day because it's right before July 4th. No, I mean, please. Oh my gosh. So obviously some people aren't into it. Now, I mean, you, you kind of keep reading here. In my home state of Tennessee, Sullivan County, which is a, you know, a county and not in the, not near Nashville, but they voted officially to recognize Juneteenth. But again, they voted 17 to four. Okay. And this is in a county in Tennessee. So there's four people that didn't vote for it. And one of the politicians said, I think Juneteenth is a woke holiday and we shouldn't give these woke people an inch. Listen, I don't even want to get into the hijacking of the term woke from the black community when that word was created by black people, when the slang was created by black people in order for them to make sure that they have a word that they can say they are awake to the injustices against them. And suddenly it's being hijacked by people that don't want that to happen. A whole other podcast. I got I got I, I literally started making a reel about the hijacking of the colloquialism. Okay, I can't even say the word right. Colloquialism. And it's been hijacked. So listen, I, I need you to see who's hijacking the word and what they're saying about the word, what they're using the word to mean and be uncomfortable with me. Okay, that's a whole other podcast. But let's look at one last thing. Okay, you know, when it, when it did go finally up for vote in the legislation, when the legislation went up for vote, there were, in order to make it a national holiday, there were 14 members that voted against it. And again, 
it was by far a beautiful bipartisan legislation to make Juneteenth a federal holiday. But, you know, there are some representatives that one of them said, I, you know, I support the bill in theory, but I just can't get past the name, which will create confusion and push Americans to pick one of the two holidays as their Independence Day based on their racial identity. No, what, why? Why do people think that just because you celebrate one, you don't celebrate the other? Trust me, that is not the case. Hmm. I mean, Montana, one, one of the representatives from Montana like didn't even try to hide it. He literally said, the left is trying to create a day out of whole cloth to celebrate identity politics. Let's face it. The left has made up what was primarily a Texas holiday, not true, which they are now acting like they recently discovered in order to continually make Americans feel bad and convince them that our country is evil. Well, I, I guess, I mean, I guess the conversation starts turning into why, I, again, I don't understand why people feel bad about celebrating Juneteenth. Why would somebody feel bad unless they have something to feel bad about, right? I mean, it's kind of like when, when you're in therapy, the thing that bothers you most is probably the thing that you have the biggest problem with. So if you have a problem with it, there must be some sort of shame or guilt inside of you. This holiday has nothing to do with making white people feel bad. Just because, I, I just need to say this out loud, just because black Americans and African Americans want you to, and, and want their story told, does not mean that a finger is being pointed and saying you're a bad white person. Are there black people that think all white people are racist? Absolutely. I'm not one. And I would say most people aren't. Are there white people that think black people are stupid and are racist? Absolutely. I doubt most people are. So let's not get steered by the small amount of people that want to use Juneteenth to either tell you that you're a bad person, which is a small percentage, or without saying it, say that Juneteenth is a woke holiday and basically they're being racist without being racist. Now, without saying that they're racist. Even accidentally, a lot of people are accidentally racist. I just want, I want Juneteenth to be something that everybody can be like, what an incredible day. Because it really is. It's an incredible day in American history. And I just don't, I just don't want it to get hijacked. Listen, like I said, the whole word woke, it literally went from black to bad. Literally. It went from black to bad. I mean, there's, there's entire campaigns being based around the word woke, which was hijacked from the black community. How uncomfortable does that make you? It should. Uh, maybe I'll do a whole conversation on that. But um, the historical legacy of Juneteenth is important. Okay. Freedom's Eve was the Eve before January 1st, 1863 right? And lots of African-Americans were freed the next day and they knew it. But again, not everybody found that freedom. Actually, the majority of blacks in America did not find their freedom because of the Emancipation Proclamation, which is why it's so important that we celebrate when they finally did. And I feel like I could go another hour, but I also know this is a bonus episode and want you to feel good about, I just want you to feel good about celebrating Juneteenth. And so let me just give you really quickly, like three ways you can celebrate, especially if you're a white friend of mine. 
You know, I get people all the time like, Carlos, like, how can I, can, can I celebrate Juneteenth? I'm white. Is that racist? No, not at all. Unless you celebrate it in a racist way. So like, what are some things that, that we can do that you can do in order to celebrate Juneteenth? I would say the first thing that black Americans, myself included, would love for my white friends to do is to educate yourself. Like I'm actually putting up on my assistant Whitney is, is putting together a, not a guide to Juneteenth, but just some resources that you can use to educate yourself so that you don't fall for like the small three minute spills on why Juneteenth is bad. Okay. So I'm, we're putting that together. So educate yourself first. Second thing, like find black owned businesses to pour into. Well, Carlos, why does it have to be black owned business? Why does it gotta be black everything? Why does everything gotta be black? Because we're not there yet. This experiment that's called America still isn't there yet. Are we getting closer? Yes. What is finally getting there mean? Well, that systems that are in place aren't keeping young black Americans from fulfilling what they can fulfill. Can everybody, could everybody bust through ceilings if they put their head down? Sure. Let's make it as easy as it is for everybody else. How about let's just do, let's just do that. And by pouring back into black owned businesses, that's the way to do it. Last but not least, just make sure you are appropriately celebrating. Like you, you don't have to like, please don't like go out of your way to like text your black friends, happy Juneteenth. <laughs> You know, gosh, I just tell you what the, the awareness and education on the importance of black history being something that, that is taught and highlighted and remember teaching black history does not mean that you're teaching white people that they are bad. If somebody feels shame because of something within black history, that is a conversation for that person to have with themselves or the therapist. But teaching black history does not mean white people are bad. Most of my close friends are white dudes and they're all amazing and I love them all. And a lot of them lean to the right. A lot of them voted for people differently than I voted for and they are not bad people and they have nothing to head their ha hang their head in shame on. And just because you celebrate Juneteenth doesn't mean that you should be ashamed of anything. Okay, well, that, that, that conversation went exactly kind of where I thought it would go and maybe a little, little off. <laughs> because I, th I think just because when I heard just some of the, the rhetoric that is around it, it's just so divisive and there's just no need for us to be there. So happy Juneteenth, fam. Hopefully that was a good learning, a little, little learning show for you. We are thinking about dropping some more of these uh, every so often and I hope that you continue to share. This is a great podcast to share, right? Again, straight to the facts, straight to the facts. Yes, we should celebrate Emancipation Proclamation, but that wasn't the day that black enslaved humans were finally free. That's why. That's why we celebrate this. Share it with your friends, share it with your grandparents, share it with, your, with some people that maybe have a problem with Juneteenth. And hopefully I was able to communicate this in a grace-filled way for people that may not agree with me. And I know there's going to be people that listen to this that are like, I, I still think that this is, this is a, a woke holiday. Uh, we'll do the whole woke conversation another day. <laughs> but even if you disagree, I'm grateful that you're here. And I'm grateful that you're like, you know what? Thank you, Carlos. I mean, I, I literally listened to three podcasts and YouTube and three other YouTube videos of people that hate Juneteenth in order for me to learn. And I was grateful for how they shared their opinions because it allowed me to continue to craft mine. And that's all I want to do. Hang on. Hey, hey, hey. 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Human Hope Podcast. I will see you this Thursday on another episode. Men, women, and children, hope is in the building. Love you guys. See you later.